You're listening to the Nonprofit Problem Solver Podcast brought to you by KevKayat.com. Kev helps nonprofit leaders deliver more impact faster and easier so they can be mission accomplished in 40 hours a week or less. For more information, visit KevKayat.com because good causes deserve better results. Now, here is the host of Nonprofit Problem Solver, Kev Kayat. Hey, Kev Kayat here. Welcome to Nonprofit Problem Solver. Thanks for tuning in. Just to be clear, you are actually the Nonprofit Problem Solver. My job is to extract from our guests the practical, tactical expertise that you can put straight into action. This is a recording of a live Zoom call, and you can join these calls usually on a Wednesday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific. You can find out all the details and register at nonprofitproblemsolver.com. Today we're talking about a problem that affects everyone at some point. That feeling that we're always running out of time. My guest is life coach Allison McIntosh. And we start with the scarcity mindset, move through self-talk and self-trust to unpack what's driving this belief, this feeling that we just don't have the time. Allison explains how we can adjust our thinking by building awareness of how we feel, why we feel that way, and taking more active control of our thoughts. Have a listen. It's time now for uh, Nonprofit Problem Solver, Episode 22. Welcome, everyone. Um, my name is Kev Kide. I'm your host. And I have uh, as my guest today, Allison McIntosh, who's a life coach. And we're going to be talking about why we feel like we're always running out of time. Hello, Allison. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to this conversation. Uh, just before we get going, just to remind people, uh, they're all on um, mute and and so on. Obviously, it's a live Zoom call, so we are recording the podcast, but you can uh, light up the chat and have questions, uh, make comments as much as you like, uh, and we will try and fold them into the conversation as best we can. So, Allison, this is a huge question. It's obviously not just for folks and nonprofits, but the reason um, I really wanted to have you on to talk about this is because um, something that's very familiar in nonprofit uh, circles is the scarcity mindset. And we Mm -hmm. often consider the scarcity mindset to refer to uh, money, fundraising, and donors, but it actually applies to all the resources that nonprofits are looking for to power their impact. So it's not just donors and fundraisers, it's uh, volunteers, it's expertise, and of course, the time of, of staff and others to fold that all together into the glorious social impact that we are trying to make. So I just wanted to get your take as we start on this idea of uh, scarcity mindset, and then we'll walk into uh, your sort of angle on feelings. How's that? Sure. Sounds good. 
you want me to go ahead and get started? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so, so scarcity, scarcity mindset. Um, so let's talk about that, you know, specifically with regard to, to time, but how that, I know, you know, obviously it makes people, you know, a feel a particular way as soon as you realize or just start working from this notion that there's not enough. Mm-hmm. It, it it powers your view of what, you know, what to do next. Absolutely. Yeah. We have the most incredible ability to change how we look at things with our mind. Like the, the things themselves actually change. So if we're looking at something with um, coming from it um, with our own unknown scarcity mindsets that are sort of driven into us, as we grow up in this world and in our culture and all kinds of things, it's kind of like, we think it's just, uh, a lot of times we put really nice, uh, words on it, like responsibility and, you know, (laughs) good stewardship and things like that. But we tend to do these things where we're actually putting ourselves in this box of it. It can, it's only, there's only this much, there's only this much. So there's not enough. And there's becomes this fear. It's really driven by fear. So whenever anything is driven by fear, fear perpetuates itself. Um, it happens inside of our brain, like the, the fear signals in your brain. When, when one thing starts going off, all the fear sensors start going off. So if we're approaching anything with this idea that there's not enough or that I might run out, um, it, it perpetuates itself. It, we, we don't think clearly. It's like um, turbulent water. You can't see anything clearly. And then we end up having this sort of... Um, like desperate energy that we're working out of. And it's a completely different feel than if you come to the table with this idea that everything I have is already enough. Um, I already have everything that I need, especially, and I know that um, we're talking in specifics of time and um, you know money and some of these other things, but it really always kind of boils down to, we always have this innate feeling of I'm personally not enough. Like what I bring to the table is not enough. And somehow I'm going to find out that I'm going to get to the end of this line and I didn't have enough and I wasn't enough. But we, when we come with our own fullness, it completely changes the, uh, what we see. It, it literally changes the circumstances that we see. Right. Okay. So there's a lot there. Let me, let me sort of um, see if I can um, rephrase this slightly. So when you're talking about this notion of fear reproducing itself, is, is that basically like being stressed about being stressed? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because as humans, the, what differentiates us is that we are cognitive about our cognition. We think about our thinking. So we think about our feelings. We feel about our feelings. Like it's, it all piles on top of itself. See? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It twists and yeah, get, we can get ourselves into knots very quickly. So in a sense, we, if we start with the notion that we don't have enough of X, and we'll, let's talk about time, but obviously um, there are other things. But if we start from this notion of we don't have enough, we're almost guaranteeing that we're not going to have enough. It's yeah. like a self-fulfilling prophecy. It is. And yeah. is, is and so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to challenge you here. Is it really that simple? I mean, is it really, really that simple that we feel that we don't have enough stuff um, because we think we don't. That's where we're starting from. Uh, and all we have to do to <laughs> have enough stuff is believe that we do. I mean, is it really that simple? <laughs> well, y- yes. Yes and no. Yes, okay. in that the 
that's the principles, like the, the principles of it is like, that's really what's happening. I mean, think about it. Whenever you have a, a point of view in your mind where you're like, um, I, I want to get to this place, you know, when I get to that place, I'll, I'll feel like I'm accomplished or I feel like I've proved that I've had enough time or I've proved that I'm enough. But whenever we get to that place, our brain's like, okay, the next thing now, but remember, see that next thing right out there out of reach. It, it's, it's, it's self-perpetuating in that if we are always like, if I'm trying to get to that place and always thinking that that place has the answer, it's never really ending. It always goes and goes and goes. So, so oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. So, so it's almost like, um, I, it's almost like when you can start to have the mindset of, of I'm good with where I am right here. I'm good with what I have. And it's, it's almost like, um, the ability to, the, the ability to have is something we have a hard time with. And some people call this mindfulness and some people call this like being in the moment, right? Mm -hmm. But it's this concept of it's okay, it's, it's enough. What's here right now is enough. That is not simple. <laughs> that's not something we're trained in. So we have to train ourselves in like this different direction. And that's where it's like, how can it really be that simple? Well, it's that simple, but it's also like we, it's a different muscle we're learning how to use. It's a different vision that we're learning how to have. And, it, and I guess because we are actually living life, we feel like life is in motion and we're always looking ahead to the next thing. I mean, let's face it, nonprofit folks are, um, I wouldn't necessarily say all, all uh, A-type personalities, but, you know, go-getters want to change the world is a big lift. And it seems intimidating and there's lots of uh, uh, effort involved in just trying to meet very basic goals at times. And, and, and often when we start nonprofits, we're, we're entirely on our own, you know, huge learning curve, trying to grasp at, um, at, at putting our boards together and finding money and, and getting our systems together and finding partners. And it's just, it just seems almost too much. So we naturally say, okay, as soon as I get to this next threshold, if I get this done this month, for example, then I can take a break or feel like I've accomplished something or what have you. But what you're saying is, in a sense, we have to, we have to live in the motion as though we're still. Yeah. In more of awareness. It's, okay. like, it's like a constant tuning into a different frequency. So not so much that we have to be just still and meditative all the time, but more that um, what we're choosing to turn our brain to is the frequency of a higher energy. And it's like we can, we can tune ourselves into a satisfaction. We can tune ourselves into an enoughness. We can tune ourselves into like, like when, when, you, when you, even just what you described, Sounds quite exhausting. Yeah. <laughs> right? I got to get to this thing. I can sing. If, if that is what you're, you're tuning your brain into, then that is the stress that you're always going to feel. But if you just step back and look at it for a second and, 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 and think about, okay, I can feel how I want to feel right now, not necessarily having to wait to give myself permission when I achieve X, Y, Z, right? It's learning how to be in those process steps that things start to become a little bit clearer. Like, 
why does it need to be in this specific box of like, like, why am I overstuffing my time? Like, does it have to be that way? Or could it be a longer stretch of time? Our, our, our thinking gets a little bit clear when we're not putting that um, desperation of getting like how we're going to feel when we get to that point into the mix. Okay. So I, what, I, what I hear you saying is that the challenge for us cognitively is that for us, for us to adopt this approach, we need to shift our self-talk to ways that seem counter to what we've been told all our lives. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? I know. I yeah, know. which is why, in other words, well, this is why it's hard, because we have to say stuff to ourselves which doesn't feel right. And again, if we're, if the whole notion of it is that we haven't given ourselves permission to feel a particular way, again, we've got this barrier against changing that self-talk because we haven't given ourselves permission to feel a particular way. Mm-hmm. So it, again, it's sort of, I guess it's another way it re- reinforces. Um, Karina in the chat has, has brought something up about um, specifically about applying learning, but it's a general point, I think, around planning. So you talked about, about taking a step back in perspective and, you know, and I, I, I know I talked to a lot of people about, um, in coaching that, you know, take this step back and let's, let's have a look at what's going on here. Um, that sometimes itself feels like a luxury, uh, and it's important to use that perspective, um, uh, productively. How, how do you incorporate this notion of, of planning and, and slotting action that you know is future? You can't do it right now. And, And how does that, how does that gel with this idea of living in the moment? Um, can you give me an example? Well, the one that Karina put in the chat was about applying the learning. So she, you know, I'll, I'll put words in her mouth and imagine that she's um, gone and done a course or took some time out to do some specific learning um, and uh, and is challenged then to apply that learning. Okay. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Um- is the, is the place where, is the sticking point, like, I hear the information, but I can't see how to translate that into my life? Or is the sticking point a, a time issue? Where is the exact Why don't, why, Can we look at both? Sure. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I think it's a very common, you know, a common question. It's, it's, it's um, how to fit it in. But then also, the even if you knew that, you need to have the time. So, those, those sometimes... You know, it's a, uh, it's it's both of those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so I don't know what particular thing uh, would be the information you're you're inputting into yourself, right? But um, I know, <laughs> I know for myself, when I started having a really big shift into being able to be in um, this more present um, enoughness mindset, a lot of it started happening by putting less input into my head <laughs> because we have this thing. A lot of us do where we are, um, we are information junkies and we're like, I just need to get all the information that I can. And I'm constantly pulling it in, pulling it, pulling it in. But the, the execution of it, um, it's almost like the bringing it in becomes an avoidance tactic for executing it. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say that that, that is a fear driven, uh, response. I, you know, I'm, I'm personally guilty of it. 
uh, as well. Because um, you know, if I see something that will help, or I can do some research around something, I'm, you know, that's a that's a very easy and comfortable. I have to say, it's a very very much in my comfort zone. So <laughs> like, oh, yes, I can, I can learn when in fact, you know, learning through action and learning by doing, you actually have enough information to make good choices in the moment if you give yourself the, the freedom to do that. I would, I would actually challenge you all to, to take like a little bit of a hiatus from bringing information in and just seeing, especially like, you know, we're just so addicted to it now. I can look up any information in an instant on my phone. So we, we lose this self-trust. We lose this uh, um, like actual muscle of asking our brain for the information. And chances are you have everything that you need already. You've already input a lot of the information. And then it's a matter of accessing it by truthfully just asking your brain in that moment. So, so, but, so sorry, I was just going to make a, make a point here because – Again, this challenge that you've raised about giving yourself permission to feel like you have enough. Mm-hmm. We talked about this being a challenge. It runs counter to w- sort of how we've been raised, you know, how our culture operates. Right. So for us to do that requires a bit of courage and a bit of self-trust. Yeah. And yet, what you just said about... Um, the fact that we've got our fingers, you know, all this information, our fingertips, we, we often play a game in our house where, you know, it's, it's a, it's a Googleicious question, which is Google it, you know, it's <laughs> like, you know, we can always, we can always find it, you know, that's Googleific. Yeah, that's don't ask. So rather than process any thought ourselves, we just look to our mm-hmm. phone or our computer and say, well, someone actually already knows someone's already done this work. So let's go in. And, and actually some of the resources aren't necessarily trustworthy as we, as we keep learning. Um, but the, but the, the point being, we are not, we, we, we're this, this information um, addiction are, 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 are acting as information junkies reduces our self-trust Absolutely. reduces the self-trust that we actually need in order to feel present in the moment. Yeah. I, I think, I think self-trust is one of the biggest things that we should be actively um, engaging in and, and working on because the more that you, the more that you s- just pause yourself when you're like, let me run to the experts. <laughs> you're they just look at that, that for a second, you're assuming that person is the expert. You're assuming you are less than. You're assuming that person knows more than you. You're assuming your own void. What if you already have pretty much everything? I'm not saying like, don't go look up stuff at some point, but we just, we have to develop a muscle in the other direction. We're just way too accustomed to it. We got to like, just eliminate that, um, like take a fast from it or something and start just seeing, trying it on. What would it look like to just be in any moment and not have that urgency to immediately feel like I don't know what I'm doing or I don't have what I need or I don't, um, or I can't do this and just stop for a second and question that part of your brain and think, wait a minute, what if I do know, what if I already know what to do here? Because usually what you already know is the simplest, most enjoyable, the thing you're already yearning for in your direction and your specific wiring and your passion. And that's what you want to be leaning into with any work that you're doing anyway. What do you think about that? Right. Okay. So I think that, 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 that that's quite powerful. And I'd, I'd love to hear how people listening are, 
are are absorbing this this uh, gold dust here from from Allison. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's it's make it's it's in in some senses, you know, I can see it entirely consistent with the um, with a with a with a culture that's quite common in nonprofits about. Um, you know, trusting yourself and doing doing the best you can and working to your purpose and so on. Um, but on the other, again, it, it's it just relies on such a um, it runs counter to the idea of what we've been you know what we've been told and and knowing that um, you can't know anything. It's we should be willing to seek for help. We should also um, exercise humility, admit what we don't know. You know, it's it's how do you how do you balance that and you know, that sort of tension between um, uh, seeking help and, and not seeking help. Like, is there a, is there a, a way of working out when the right time to do that is, or? Um, I think this is where I really rely on feelings. Um, I think feelings are just so such important signals in our body. Um, when we, you know, there was a point we had to get to the feelings bit. Sorry. About <laughs> this, this is it. Right? <laughs> you, have to hear, you know this. So if there, is, if there is any kind of, I always say that there's kind of two ways of operating that are happening at any given time that we can be in and it's operating out of fear or operating out of love. Okay. And so if fear based okay. things are things that are like, urgency uh, in, in the sense of um, like a, like a stressed pressure, um, like how, um, and that, and this comes from that, like not enough stuff. And, and then what happens so much of the time is we're like, uh, it gets this like knot in our chest and we're like, oh my gosh, I'm like, I'm, I'm not going to know something or here, I'm not going to do this right. That's usually what a lot of it is. I'm not going to do this right, as if there's only one specific right way to do something. I'm not going to do this. Or what right if I make a mistake? <laughs> yeah, and then it's, and then what if I make a mistake? And then how can I handle that rejection? And how can I handle the the disappointments or things that come with that? I won't be able to. So I have to make it perfect. Any any perfectionists in here? <laughs> I have to make it perfect. I have to do it just right. And 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 a lot of times it's like, well, I can only know if it's just right if someone else has told me. Like that's where that self-trust is lacking. So those are the mm-hmm. situations that you look for. If you're, if you're feeling this, um, this lack of the ability to problem solve yourself or you need someone else to, to validate I, your information or, or your way of doing something for you, that's coming out of fear. On the other hand, if you're like, no, I, I, trust myself and I listen to myself and I ask my own brain first and I see if I can problem solve first. And there's still information here that I feel like, um, it's kind of bare bones and I don't have enough of, I would like to know more information. Um, and here's where I want to look for it. That's a, like a loving way to come at something. It's not from a void of, of yourself. It's from a, a more neutral perspective of what you have and what you don't have. You see? Does that make sense? Yeah, so you so so the self-trust the self-trust is is linked heavily to to self-love. Uh, is is I think uh, you know short way of saying it. And 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 in terms of the information gathering, I I think what you're basically saying, I'm just trying to just sort of 
um, boil this down to a you know a pithy rule, if you will, or you know a, a rule of thumb something is have a go, and and you'll learn. You actually know more than you do know, but when you do run into a problem, you can get help on that specific problem. Whereas if you don't start until you have the full big picture, you have so much information to seek out that it takes a long time and it's, that in itself is overwhelming. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, and it's not necessarily a better way. We, we only have this thing in our head like that's a better way of doing something. Like, like that's the correct, if I could just have all the pieces of the puzzle all fit into place perfectly, then everything will just run the way I want it to. And nothing ever works like that in life. It's always about the process. It's always about the starting it and just beginning it and trying it. Right. It's not like baking a cake or, you know, baking bread where there's a, you know, it's been done for hundreds of years and there's, you know, there's basically uh, proven ratios of, of you know, flour, right. sugar, you know, and we, we, you know, you know, and you can predict what's going to happen. Um, we're, we're much more fluid, much more variable uh, that, you know, the, the, it's almost like um, the problem and the solution are, are literally fluid. They take the shape of their container. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's part of the most beautiful thing about being a human and having this experience in the world. Like that's the fun of it. (laughs) It's not supposed to be exactly specific like this, this, and this. I mean, the, the fun of it is the fluidity. The fun of it is trying all the things and allowing yourself to do that. But again, that seems to, that seems to take quite a lot of, of confidence because the people who want the recipes, and we all do this at times, we want the recipe because I don't want to worry about figuring it out, you know? And it's, it's, it's partly that, you know, just the actual challenge and the time and effort it takes to do that, but it's bound up, as you say, with uh, all sorts of um, fears or fear-driven emotions around, around failure or mistake-making or not getting it right or being judged or judging oneself, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, and I want to point out something that you just said right there. You so, said, you, you said to, to do that takes quite a bit of confidence. Well, if you're given a script from somebody and you're just executing the script and you're like, okay, I've done it all. <laughs> by the end of it, you, what you think is going to happen is that you're going to have confidence. But that's not true because you, don't have, you haven't done the necessary muscle building of building the confidence so you're still going to feel like kind of left out there like but did it really work <laughs> did i do it right did i follow the right people is this giving me the results i want your, you you don't you don't get that's not how you get the confidence you have to build the confidence anyway so build it at the beginning right <laughs> yeah a lot right. more fun okay so so basically you so what you what you're saying is um something that um you know, I, I, I love to hear because I say it too, is be be willing to make mistakes and learn from them. Mm-hmm. As long as you're long as you're long as you're trying your hardest, you're trying, you're doing your best effort and being reflective about the mistakes you make, then that's sort of the best you can do. Yeah. It's funny that you say that because I just have this this feeling. It wasn't a joke. No, and it's funny that you say that because I have started to tell my clients to not do their best <laughs> because for most of us, because for a lot of us who like, who are very excellent driven um, perfectionist type A type of people, 
doing your best means something that's not like it's always out there. You'll never really know. <laughs> Did I do my best? I don't know. Like I'm always feeling like I'm trying harder and trying harder and never really doing it. Why? What? I, I don't, I tell people to not worry about doing your best because it becomes in itself a chokehold. Like just do things. Just let yourself. Just do. Um, right. Just do. Just let them like, just let it, let yourself express, let yourself try things because the only reason that you don't, and then I wanted to point on this. The only reason that we're afraid of failure and the only reason that we want to get things perfect to get to some point and like, and have it all like neat and tidy, tied up with a bow, right? The only reason we want that is because of a feeling. We don't want to feel how we will, how we will feel like disappointment or how we will internalize failure or how we will feel rejection. And all of that, it, the, the thing about that is that you don't actually have to be afraid of the feelings you're going to feel because you control the feelings that you feel. <laughs> right. Okay. So, but what you're basically saying is don't judge. Don't be, don't actually focus on the judgment or even the valuation. Don't rate things as good about it. Just do them. Is mm -hmm. it, and uh, so are you, are you suggesting a, a, a sort of personal mantra of um, it is what it is? <laughs> I love that mantra. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, <laughs> it but, is what it is. But also, but also, um, when you build your, when you practice self-trust, what you can do then is then whatever is what it is, whatever happens, you can look at that and like, okay, well, let's just look at it neutrally. What worked? What could I do differently? And, and you don't have to, and then that's how you hone your process and continue moving, but you don't take that as like, Oh, I'm terrible. I should have done exactly perfect like this the first time. It's that's impossible. An impossible. Story. Yeah, I mean that's obviously sort of skips over any any learning or experience. Yeah. Um, I think that the 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 mantra it is what it is is um, uh, is a bit like hen's teeth in in nonprofits because most of us are motivated um, to challenge that. Now, like the like we see injustices in the world, or we see things that you know we, we're trying to change something because we don't want to accept. The way things are, so it is. It it is how it is. Well, I'm going to change it. This is my this is my purpose, you know. So so, uh, but there is. It seems to me that there is possibly a way of squaring that because we're we're really applying the mantra to individual action, not a state of being in the world, not a, not the not the world situation. So, in other words, um, I'm just thinking aloud here. So, tell me if I'm getting. I'm I'm just trying to interpret and translate what you, what you're saying. Is that if I see a particular uh, injustice, whether it's animal welfare or human service or something, I want to address. Um, <clears throat> but and then, so that becomes my purpose, and I put energy and effort into that. Um, if I'm feeling that my action is is um, coherent with regard to that purpose, like I'm doing things that I'm working to it, whether it's my best or not, <laughs> we can because uh, you know I'm not worrying about being you know. Uh, evaluating every step of the way um i'm working towards it and as long as the as long as i'm feeling that my efforts are worthwhile i should be okay with it yeah yeah i i do know what you're saying about um and this is where we uh we get ourselves stuck a lot of times because we're like it, it is what it is uh, doesn't fit for these like great big pictures of things that I want to change about the world. And 
that's, um, that's true. That's true. We have purposes of things that we want to change. So it's not, it's not, we always do this, like, it's gotta be all this or all that, right? (laughs) It's not, it's both. It's both. It's like, yes, you see things that you want to change in the world and, and you have your, um, you take your whole self who's not like not enough or, or void and, and needing or, or just all that stuff. And you just take your whole self and move in a direction of the things that you want to change. And then while you're doing that, you allow yourself to be human and process and, and do both the successes and the failures all along the way towards that goal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess one of the, one of the ways I think you, you can square it is that what, what, um, nonprofit folks are, are, are terrible. At. I know a lot of entrepreneurs and people in startup are, you know, are sort of the same, um, is, uh, sacrificing other things for this, for this higher purpose that we're trying to you know, change the world in some way. So things like, um, self-care falls away. Uh, we don't get enough sleep. We don't eat properly. We don't, um, necessarily value some of our relationships. You know, we lean too heavily on some and, and, and neglect, neglect others. And we, and we lose that balance because we're sprinting to change the world. You know, it's like this, you know, and, and, and basically to try and bring that back into balance. I mean, I speak to a lot of, uh, folks when I'm coaching around a sustainable approach to that, uh, mm-hmm. in, in order to keep your energy and purpose in changing the world, you have to have a sustainable balance with self-care and you know, relationships and eating and, and, and sleeping and, and that sort of stuff. Um, and one way of, of doing that is that self-talk and self-trust on what I'm doing is, you know, I have to sort of, I guess, you know, live to fight another day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. It's something that I think that it's it's a common thread for humans. I'm, I mean, I could see that totally in the nonprofit circles. Um, I totally understand that. It, but it's also common for just like in general. I see this all the time, and it, and it's you have to kind of check with yourself. Um, that's where I think coming to to the thing you want to do with your own wholeness is is the key, because. If you're like, I've got to do, I've got to change the world so that I matter. If I've got to change all these things so that I know, I think I'm okay, or I've justified my existence. That's where it gets completely off kilter. So you're correct. Well, it can't, that that can't be reconciled. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's sort of like, you know, you've baked failure into it, it seems to me. So, So this idea of like, we're feeling like we're running out of time is because I guess there's, there's, we've un- <clears throat> uncovered sort of two elements to it. One is starting from a scarcity mindset, like there's not enough. Mm-hmm. And then the other is even pushing that aside, feeling, um, having some, some fear-born or fear-driven emotions around judgment and are we, are we really doing enough? You know, is it, is it okay for me to kick back and watch a movie? <laughs> <laughs> with my kids, you know, am I letting the rest of the world down? You know, am I running out of, you know, running out of time? Um, and, and will I be judged for that? Am I judging myself? And so this, this issue of, um, self respect, self, self, um, love and, um, uh, uh, self trust around knowing that we are, that we're okay, that what we're doing is fine. Mm 
Yeah. Yeah, totally. Because <laughs> I, and I, what I like to kind of just show people from time to time, because we can get a little bit narrow focus, right? If you're, if you are running to save the world and, and not being present with your own family, you're, you're, you're still disappointing yourself. Like the things that you're running to try and like, like not feel a, whatever, what a, that you're trying to avoid, it's, it's already happening right here. We have to find the balance right here. Yeah. And you're also sort of, I guess, creating, you know, needs and voids elsewhere in your life. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, yeah, this is, this is fantastic. Uh, you know, I hope this has um, uh, been useful for the people listening. Uh, the, um, what I want to do in the last sort of 10 minutes is uh, try and pin you down a little bit <laughs> to a couple of, of relatively simple things. I want to give people some takeaways that okay. they can start to uh, work on um, the, this developing this muscle that you mentioned, this sort of cognitive, you know, sort of like we're rewiring our brain in a little bit. Um, yep. And I know that you, this is like one of the core things that you do and you, you work with people. You just walk us through just a couple of things. Um, like if you were giving a talk and this is, you know, very similar in a, in a podcast, what you could give people to take away. Like here's a couple of things that you could start to do or questions you could ask yourself or ways to recognize when this situation is happening. Like how do you get people to, to start working out in this way? Yeah. Yeah, well, the very first thing that I tend to be drawn to um, is the the tuning into what is my body doing? And I used to, so the way I used to live, and I can just give you the example right now, the difference. The way I used to live was in before, this- Allison like, Before, Allison before. Allison 1.0 uh, was, <laughs> was this like, um, like, I felt like the weight of the world was on me all the time. And oh, I so nonprofit was, people are going to find that very familiar. <laughs> <laughs> yes, especially if you're um, if like an empathetic person or, you know, a highly sensitive person or anything like that, where you just have you and you or a, a, a thinker, I'm a thinker as well. You, you just have all the things and you're like, oh, but it's all these things out there and I, I don't know how to fix it. And it just feels like this weight. And, and I used to just feel like, like my shoulders would be like, you know, bent over like this and I feel all the tension all on my back and my neck and just always like this, um, like just hearing you describe that. I'm sure that that's very familiar to everyone. We all sort of feel like, you know, when, yeah. when your shoulders are, are curling in. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. your body tells you things, your body tells you things. And when, when you're like that, when you're physically feeling like, Oh my gosh, <laughs> like what is this? Right. It's t trying to tell you, something is up. <laughs> You're something is going on inside of you because nobody is making you sit like that. Nobody is like crunching you down, right? It's all something happening internally that's creating that posture. Um, so posture is a, a really uh, good awareness tool to just kind of be like, okay, if I'm not sitting in my chair, feeling relaxed from head to toe, like almost like I just got a massage. <laughs> if I'm not sitting like that, why not? What are the stressors that I am physically like creating into physical things happening to me? And, and how quickly like, can I book a massage? <laughs> starting the awareness. I'm telling you, thought work stuff. Um, I had a client tell me once, 
because um, I had, actually had her do some breathing exercise and some just muscle like relaxation exercises. You can tell your body to be different. You don't have to sit like that. And then like 10 minutes later, we, I, we helped find a new thought in her head. And she was like, oh my gosh, I'm more relaxed than when you made me do that with my body <laughs> because your thoughts change how your body is acting. So your body is like the signal if you're not working with your thoughts and you're just acting out of all your primal brain and all the unintentional thoughts of like, fix it, fix it, fix it, fix it. Your body is taking all that on. So, so the first thing is just to build your awareness of what is this, like what's physically going on in my experience in the world with me right now and building that awareness. So I have, um, I have like a list of low energy words that I have. And I, whenever I feel like that, I'm like, what am I feeling right now? Am I feeling jealous? Am I feeling needy? Am I feeling desperate? Am I feeling pressure? Like what are, what specifically do I, um, if I read, I'm like, oh, it's that. I'm definitely feeling that. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to just stop you right there. So just, just to summarize there. So when you're feeling, so you basically you're saying bring into awareness, this fact that you just don't feel how you want to feel. Yep. So that's bringing that to awareness and then try and tune it in with mm-hmm. a particular word. So have your thesaurus there. I <laughs> love the thesaurus. I'm such a word nerd. <laughs> right. right. Um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a um, unreconstructed word nerd, I'm afraid. So the, um, the, 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 so then, then try and try and tune, fine tune exactly what you're feeling. So you were, you were giving some, ex- you used the term low energy, for some mm-hmm. of these, but it's, which is, which is better than negative, although you can be negatively in high energy. Is that right? Can you do that? Can you be high energy negative? Um, Angry, yeah. for example. Negative, negative and positive are just part of the world. You have those yeah, all okay. the time. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So, uh, so, sorry, interrupted. Just yes. to say, just to say, like, these are the steps. So, recognize what you're doing, you know, how you're, yeah. how you're feeling, and then try and yeah. fine tune it. Okay. Yeah. And I find that that's really helpful to, to be like, Oh, I'm, I'm feeling this specific way. Um, the one that I used to feel all the time, I, I used the word graspy. I don't even know if it's a real word, but I like it. And it was always like, I was trying to get to something like I had to get to something. Always so reaching. Then, yeah. Yeah. So when I, when I, when I recognize that I'm feeling that, then that is where I can actually start to do cognitive work. So I'm like, okay, I'm feeling this feeling. Where is that coming from? Where do I think that I have to get to? What do I think is missing? What's like, what's, what did something happen recently? And um, a lot of times it's a triggered thing or something. Okay. So that's, that's a, I think that's a really important point because we started off almost facetiously saying, oh, it's just as easy. You know, you, you have enough, you know, it's just that easy, but what, but you're actually saying it's, there's, there's more to it. Um, And I know your answer at the time was, you know, yes and no, but here's, here's the no part. You're not just saying shift the, your self-talk from I'm grasping, I'm grasping, or I'm reaching at something and just tell yourself, no, you shouldn't be, you know, you've got everything. Oh, no. You're not doing that. You're yeah. actually, right. <laughs> you're actually saying, you're actually asking yourself what it is that you're trying. You're basically doing some self-exploration. Yeah. Cause it's, cause it's really easy to skip over this point, this part, you see. Well, so here's what we do. And, I, and I'm so glad you said that because here's what we usually do. We say, oh, I'm feeling this low energy word that I don't work on. Like, I'm not productive here and I don't like how this feels bad. 
bad me. I shouldn't be feeling this. I, I need to switch. I need to like go to the opposite end of the spectrum and like tell myself an affirmation that's a complete opposite of that. Or, or just grit your teeth and get through it. Right, right. So, so whenever, Tough it out. whenever there's like shame, blame, and judgment, and usually we're pointing it at ourselves, that is like a ding, 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 red flag. That's like, that's the, the actual problem. If there's shame, shame, blame, and judging coming up, that is the real problem that's always happening. So that just like set that aside. That's, we're not doing that. We need to get curious about what is the feeling? Where is it coming from? Feelings are just signposts. They're telling you that there's something that you need to look at. And it's always an unintentional thought. That's like the iceberg, the lower half of the iceberg. There's something that your body is just doing on autopilot that is causing all these feelings. And when you can kind of explore it, I like to do um, brain dumps where I just get everything out of my head, just write, just, I, I like to draw a lot. So sometimes I just draw pictures or diagrams or lists or sketches or words or something like that. Just get everything out of your head and then you'll start to see, okay, this is kind of the one triggering that feeling and you can explore it more. And when you do that, when you take something for your, from your subconscious brain and you pull it up to your prefrontal cortex, that's where the thought becomes um, malleable. Because before right. you, you bring it into consciousness, you didn't know what was going on. And now you're like, oh, this is a thought that I have in my head. I can actually ask questions to it. I, I can actually use my brain as a processor that it is to explore this more and, and take it apart. Okay. So that's a, that, that's pretty powerful. Now it's again, this is the, this is the way of stretching that muscle and bringing this stuff in you're, again, it's bringing into awareness and then addressing it and and um exploring it with uh, with a sense of curiosity rather than self blame or shame or guilt or any any sort of judgment of that nature yes and Absolutely. and where where what's what's the outcome of this where you where where you get to when you do this sort of thing well when you pull when you pull thoughts up like that you find out so much information <laughs> It's, it's you find out that you're you're operating. This is like Googling it. yourself. It is. <laughs> it's like, wait, how, that was inside of me. Like this is what I've just been acting out of, and of course I felt the way I felt. Right. Um, so once you find a thought, and this is all the work that I do, and um, it's it. This is like a a practice that you do. Um, when you find a thought, the the very first thing to understand is that a thought is is just words in your head. It's literally just vapors. There's just words in your head. You can choose to think it or you cannot choose to think it. You, you actually make decisions to keep thoughts. So you can, if it's you not, have control over your thoughts. You, yeah. 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 So you can say, um, this is, this is a, an, an opinion or a belief or a thought that I have. And um, for some reason, I'm holding on to it. My brain must think I'm getting some kind of safety from it. So let's, ask ourselves like what am i getting out of this thought what is how is this benefiting me what is my brain what's the reward <laughs> yeah what's the reward exactly yeah. but you can see then is this is this thought um actually serving me or not so i mean i have a lot of tools that i use with my clients but you essentially see if this thought is not producing a good feeling inside of me then it's not really producing actions that I want either because actions that come out of bad feelings are, are like unsustainable. 
and feel terrible the whole time. <laughs> and then the actions, the actions are what are actually giving you your results. So you just kind of see, is this thought giving me feelings and actions that I want? If it's not, then it's not serving me and I don't have to have it. I don't have to listen to it. I can choose a new thought. I can like build in a new intentional thought based on how I want to feel. And that, and that, and that thought could be just to come full circle as we run out of time is, um, um, the thought could be uh, that I don't have enough time. <laughs> and uh-huh. if you tell yourself that it's a self-fulfilling prophecy, it's a, it's uh-huh. a scarcity, scarcity mindset. <laughs> so yeah. so the, 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 the answer, the simple answer to the question is why do I feel like I'm always running out of time is because you keep telling yourself you're running out of time or you feel like there isn't enough. And there are, there's, um, some unconscious, uh, feelings, um, reminding you there that, um, are, are generating that sense of urgency or uh, reaching that you need to explore with a sense of curiosity and, and wonder and find out what's really going on there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I love it. I pulled that full circle. So good. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So um, before we say, before we let you go, how can people find you online if they want to get in touch? What's the, what's the simplest way or simple, you know, what's your best social media platform? Where are you yeah. digitally? My, my Facebook profile, my Facebook profile Facebook is profile. Place to find me um, in my cover photo of my profile. You can find my email list and my Facebook group and you can always DM me. That's a good place to find me. Okay. And does that apply to Instagram as well? Yes, I am on Instagram as well. Um, it's Alice Enjoy Coaching. There's dashes in there though. So I don't know if it's easiest to write this somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, I can. I can. I can certainly circulate that uh, okay. when, when when the audio comes out. Okay. okay. Well, that's been yeah. great. Thank you so much. I feel like I've learned a lot, um, and I feel like I can. I've got a. I've got an excuse to slow down a little bit, and yeah, um, and uh, some some different sorts of working out that I need to to do. <laughs> in, in addition to my usual exercise plan. <laughs> love it <laughs> well the goal of this one is um, to make it lighter and easier <laughs> so yeah yeah, yeah yeah okay well great thanks everyone for uh joining uh this has been episode 22 uh with allison mcintosh uh next week we will be reverting to our usual time slot at 11 a.m on wednesday and that's where we will be from from here on out um you can always join live by registering find us at nonprofit problem solver dot com or uh, the website kevkite.com and you can find me on most CD, uh, most media platforms um, one way or another uh, we'll see you next time thanks everyone thank you thanks for listening to the nonprofit problem solver podcast thanks to Allison McIntosh for sharing her expertise on feelings and perceptions about time and if you want to get in touch with her you can find her on Facebook and Instagram. This episode was produced by Glenn Munoz at PodPro Audio. You can join future conversations live by visiting nonprofitproblemsolver.com. Connect with Kev on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook. For more information, visit kevkayat.com because good causes deserve better results.